This is Change for Your Dollar podcast with John Putnam. We have another great episode today of Change for Your Dollar, where we have conversations and talk about the blessings and burdens around money and faith and life. I'm your host, John Putnam. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It is great to be with you today. Thanks again for tuning in. I cannot hardly believe what I'm getting ready to say, but this is episode number 25, How Time Flies When You're Having Fun. (laughs) Well, we've got another great episode today I'm really excited to share with you. And if you like it, share it with your friends, share it with one of your family members or one of your coworkers, invite them into the conversation. We'd love to have them and uh, really great being with you. And thanks so much again for tuning in. So I haven't talked a lot about this, but I'm a little bit of a sports fan, but just sort of certain sports. I don't really follow a whole lot of individual sports, but I really like the championships of about any sport. And of course, because I like that, you know I have to love the Olympics. I am a huge Olympics fan. I love all of it. I mean, from snowboarding to curling in the winter, from skeet shooting to ping pong in the summer games. And I love all the stories of the athletes and their families, the victory, the discipline, the triumph over adversity, just the whole story. Just so inspiring. I share all that with you because it gives a little backdrop to one of my new favorite stories about an Olympic athlete named Durando Pietri, an Italian marathoner. Now, don't feel bad if you don't recognize the name because he ran his career-changing race, wait for it, in 1908. That year, the Olympics were held in London, and they lasted from April to October. And I went to olympics.com to get this story and details straight. And if you've never visited that website, the stories are fantastic, especially if you are an Olympics fan and you love the stories around the athletes. Because when Durando entered the stadium at the end of the 1908 marathon, he was completely unknown. But when the news of what happened in the next few minutes spread around the world, he would become an international celebrity. Interestingly, Durando had run in the Olympic Games of 1906 in Athens, but he did not even finish the race. And in 1908, Charles Heffron of South Africa had built a huge lead in the marathon, but he tired dramatically toward the end of the race, and Durando passed him one mile from the stadium finish line. But when Durando appeared at the entrance to the track, the crowd cheered him vigorously, but it became immediately clear that something was wrong. Durando was dazed. He was headed in the wrong direction. Now, officials tried to direct him in the right direction, but he collapsed. He was helped to his feet. He collapsed again and again and again. Finally, another runner, John Hayes of the United States, ran into the stadium, and they all lifted up Durando and helped him across the finish line. But unfortunately, he was disqualified for receiving that outside aid. You know, I appreciate this story on so many levels. 
the determination and resolve, the vulnerability and the humanness. But what I want to highlight today is the unexpected nature of his rewards. On the surface, he lost the race. He failed. There was no podium. There was no medal. And like all the other athletes that day, I'm sure he had trained and worked and focused and sacrificed so much, long, long hours. However, make no mistake, he had a goal, he put in the work, he wanted the reward, but he didn't get it. And that leads me to my question for today. Have you received your reward? Okay, as you consider that question, let me share three observations about rewards that will give you clarity as to what, when, and where your reward may be found. Now, as you have spent time in Scripture, you have read about rewards, I am sure. In the parable of the talents found in Matthew 25, 19 to 23, two out of the three servants grew the master's wealth. It was a private exchange between them and their master, and they were positively rewarded. The master said to them, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Now, I've read that many times. I never get tired of it because that's a pretty cool reward. However, about 19 chapters earlier in Matthew 6, 1, we read a little about rewards from a different perspective. Matthew 6, 1 reads, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. We've probably all done something that would be classified as good when we knew that others were watching. You know, maybe hoping for some public recognition, that someone would see you and be impressed. Maybe comment about your goodness, maybe a commendation, maybe a compliment, maybe a pat on the back or an attaboy. And then we sit back and bask in the applause and afterglow of a deed done Well, and yes, I have been there. Not proud of it, but been there. In three different verses in Matthew 6, we read clear examples around giving, praying, and fasting, and detailed commands about how to use our treasures. And in all of these cases, if our desires are for the applause of men rather than the glory of God, the message is very clear and simple. It reads, truly I say to you, they have received their reward. And the way I see it, if you can have no reward from your Father in heaven, that must mean that there is a reward from your Father in heaven, as long as I don't mess it up. So often, rewards are about motives. Is this about me or you, or is this about God? In a single scripture, in Colossians chapter 3, verses 23 to 24, God reveals three observations about rewards that have already been set that we can rely upon. And it reads like this. 
Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. Okay, let's jump into these observations. Observation number one, God set the terms. He said it clearly, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. I read this and I think that I need to check my motives. You need to check your motives, especially in public. If you are working for you to be put on a pedestal, then that's your full reward. If you are working desiring Jesus to be put on a pedestal, then there is an eternal reward. For example, is your current occupation a job that is draining and stressful and distracting from God, but provides a lot of income so that you can live a certain lifestyle? And maybe underneath that, there are some motives to impress others or have a certain image. Or does your work feel more like worship? Whether you make a little money or you make a whole lot of money, the question is, how are you working for your reward? Observation number two, God set the source. In the scripture, when he said, knowing that from the Lord, God makes it clear that our eternal best rewards will come from him and him alone. When it comes to your money, have you ever been out with friends, say at a restaurant, and you picked up the bill for everyone at the table with your primary motive so everyone would perceive you as successful and generous. Now compare that to generously picking up the tab for a missionary or a friend in need to bless them or to anonymously provide funding for a ministry to feed individuals and families in need. See, the same results are happening. People are being fed, but very different rewards. So here's my question. From whom are you expecting your reward? In observation three, God set the reward. You will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. As I coach families and individuals, it's often a topic of conversation of what heavenly rewards will actually be. The Bible speaks of treasures in heaven and different types of crowns. And the Bible also tells us that our giving will be rewarded, especially calling out our giving to those in need, specifically done in private. So when it comes to giving money, I just caution you not to expect a quid pro quo. In other words, that dollars given equals dollars received back from God. Now, I've often experienced blessings on earth, but still awaiting expectedly an eternal reward in heaven of God's design and his design only. So my question is, what do you think heavenly rewards will actually be? Now, let me finish the story of Durando Pietri. If he would have won the Olympic marathon in the 1908 games, he would have been rewarded with an Olympic medal and he would have been esteemed. And that's exactly what should happen in an athletic competition. And as I shared earlier, 
He had had a goal. He put in the work. He wanted that reward, but he didn't get it, at least not the one he wanted. As the story goes, he was disqualified from the competition for receiving outside aid, but this is where the story gets really good. You see, His incredible effort to cross the finish line made him famous, so famous that the Queen of England herself presented him with a special gold cup. And famed composer Irving Berlin wrote a popular song in his honor. And his exploit sparked a marathon craze that spread around the world, and it greatly increased interest in the Olympics. Durando wanted one reward, but he got an unexpected one, likely better in so many ways. However, unlike Durando, in our earthly lives as followers, just because no one on earth sees or recognizes your faithful acts of worship, like fasting, giving, praying, and your financial stewardship, please do not ever view that as a failure. Take heart and be patient because God is watching. He is an audience of one and a victory in heaven and your eternal reward is waiting. You've been listening to Change for Your Dollar podcast with John Putnam. Thank you for joining me for Change for Your Dollar, where we have real conversations exploring the burdens and blessings around money, faith, and life. For more tools and resources, please visit changeforyourdollar.com. I'm John Putnam. Thanks again for listening, and I look forward to being with you again next time.